Giggly Gorilla Studios coming at you live from the trees of, you know what, nah, fuck it, this week we're in Gotham, we're in the trees of Gotham, wherever the trees are, even though we didn't see many trees, we just saw a bunch of buildings, we're in the trees of Gotham this week. <laughs> but yeah. we saw the Batman, if you couldn't tell by the title of this, and our epic enthusiasm. We did see the Batman. Um, it's out. Uh, opening weekend numbers domestically just came out, or at least estimates. It looked like it's pretty doing doing pretty well, about 130 million domestically, which, I mean, that's about what I expected, and I think that's pretty good, especially for being in the pandemic still. So, people are going out to see it. I'm happy. We're going to talk about this movie. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely the biggest opening since No Way Home, obviously. But first, first, I just want to say something. Before this, I was just looking through my computer, clearing stuff for storage, and I found three movies I had downloaded from iTunes for some reason, and I completely forgot I had bought these movies. But they were Batman Forever, Scooby-Doo, and Scooby-Doo 2. And the reason being is because, Everest, you were there for both these, actually. The commentaries we did for Batman Forever and Scooby-Doo. And I just, I guess I bought, I didn't even know I had Scooby-Doo 2 until just today. I was like, oh, I bought yeah. <laughs> I bought the bundle pack, apparently. <laughs> Dude, I love, I love those Scooby-Doo live-action movies. They're so campy and great. I do, too. I don't even care. Some of the humor doesn't land with me, but other than that, which, I mean, it was James Gunn. James Gunn humor is usually like that. It either, James Gunn is either really hit or he's hit and miss with me. He's never totally missed in anything I've seen. But we're not talking about James Gunn today, who is in the DC universe. Peacemaker was very good. We're talking about another director that is part of the DC family now. Matt Reeves. Is he slowly becoming our favorite director of all time, Everest? I don't know. He may be becoming mine, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I gotta see more great movies from him, considering, I mean, he's he's literally only made, like, five films, but, uh, I loved the Batman, and I loved the Planet of the Apes movies he did. Cloverfield's pretty good, so we'll have to see. He's, he's got a follow-up now, though, to, to continue on this path, but yeah, I love Matt Reeves. So happy he got to do the Batman, um... So happy Warner Brothers let him make the Batman, because it's probably, like, the most unique superhero film Warner Brothers has put out since, like, the Tim Burton Batman movies. Yeah, I mean, they agreed to let him do whatever he wanted before, like, a script was even there, though. (laughs) Yeah. So they didn't really have a choice, they just had to let him do what he wanted to do, which, thank God. I agree, because... God, dude, just just studios cramping on directors' creative processes just just kind of sucks when it happens. So, I'm really happy Matt Reeves got to make the Batman movie he wanted, and the Batman movie he wanted to make turned out to be pretty awesome. I'd say. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. I think most people would agree that it's pretty good. Like all movies, it's gonna have some of its uh, detractors, but just comes with the territory. Yeah, I mean, the IMDb score is, like, fucking great. It's, like, 8.6 out of 10 still right now. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes is, like, 85%, which is about what Batman Begins and The Dark Knight Rises had, so... 
positive reception overall. Obviously, there's going to be people who don't like it, but it is what it is. Yeah, so do you want to go ahead and just dive into the actual movie itself? Uh, yeah, we we can do that. So uh, we just start with the opening, which I I think is extremely unique and immediately sets the tone for this movie pretty perfectly. I love the opening. Yeah, the opening was kind of just, it was creepy, which it was meant to be. <laughs> but yeah, it definitely gives you, it, it gives you an eerie feeling. It was, I didn't expect the first shot to be like a first person type. Uh, you know, we're seeing it from the Riddler's point of view. I didn't expect yeah. that, but it's pretty close to what we assumed it would be. It was the mayor being murdered by the Riddler, but... Yeah, that opening before before he brutally beats the mayor to death is very creepy, and we get a callback to it later, which we'll get to. Yeah, and uh, dude, I love this shot so much when you can see like the TV reflecting off his goggles or whatever when he's standing in the doorway and the mayor doesn't see him. Oh, yeah. That's that is just that's such a perfect, eerie shot. Um. Matt Reeves, I, I and Greg Greg Frazier, the uh, director of photography. I just gotta say, the whole movie looks incredible. Like, it looks great. Cinematography's great. I like the use of all the color and not color because it is it is a fairly dark movie, which makes sense because it's a Batman film. But uh, shout out to them because I think this is maybe the most visually interesting Batman movie we've had in live action. I don't know for sure. I have to rewatch more Batman movies, but thought it lo- all looked great. Yeah, this Gotham, I've already told you this, but this Gotham really just reminds me of Arkham Knight Gotham, which I do like. I like that version of Gotham, but I don't know. I I thought it was really interesting. I don't know if that's what Matt Reeves was taking inspiration from or anything, but I mean, that's what Gotham looks like in comic panels I've seen too, so... Yeah, no, I agree. The Arkham Knight comparison is there, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely an argument to be made that Burton still has the best Gotham aesthetic, but I really loved what Matt Reeves did and kind of crafted this Gotham out to be. Um, I think it looks good, and I think the he got kind of the heart of the city right, which, uh, I mean, the Nolan films did too, but... You didn't really feel like you were in Gotham. There's still obviously huge New York City parallels with this Gotham, which I think is just always going to happen. But um, I think it really does feel like that uh, Gotham from the comics, which I loved. Well, yeah, of course the New York City parallels are going to happen. I mean, that's what Gotham basically is, but... Yeah. Whatever, like... This is random, but in Batman vs. TMNT, I love when the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show up in Gotham. They're like, this is just like New York. And then Mikey's like, no, it's not. Do you see giant blips in New York? Yeah. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> I was like, what? Just a random but amazing thing to point out. Like, Gotham just has yeah. this weird stuff going on that you've never seen in New York. It really does. And, uh... Yeah, so obviously, we we knew that the first scene was at least going to have something to do with the mayor's murder. Um, I wasn't positive we were going to actually see the Riddler 
murder him. Like, I thought there was a chance they'd just open with him taping him up, like we see in the, in all the trailers and stuff. But, um, I really like that choice, and it's, it's just so eerie and creepy. I mean, it's really well done, and just sets the mood for the whole film. Oh, yeah. All, most of the killings, the ones done by the Riddler, at least, are pretty brutal in this movie, honestly. Like, I, I felt it when he hit the mayor repeatedly in the head. I was like, oh, man, no, dude. <laughs> that's like, yeah. uh, that's got to be a terrible way to go out. The other thing I liked was uh, I got the sense of, like, like Riddler's not, he, he wasn't totally, like, competent in, like, killing someone. Like, he was pretty excited when he actually got him. Like, there was a sense of, like, he wasn't totally sure what he was doing. And so uh, when he actually, like, gets him and is hitting him on the head he's like he's kind of pumped which i thought was a very cool cool thing to show and also just shows that this riddler is a psychopath but um i like that attention to detail yeah and it, it makes sense for riddler to get like excited when some what something like that goes in his favor because he is not a physical threat to that many people yeah yeah so I like that, and obviously he uses the element of surprise basically for all his killings, because like we said, he's he's not physically imposing, which is true to the comic book character. And so uh, I thought, I thought this interpretation of Riddler overall was just really great. Um, wish we maybe would have gotten to see more of him, but uh, as we'll get into at the end of the movie, it definitely looks like we will in feature films, future films. But, uh, yeah, I thought Paul Dano was great, and I thought this this movie kind of rides through the Riddler the entire time, which I love. Yeah, because other than the mayor, there are riddles left for all the other killings, pretty much. Like, they're just, uh, <laughs> Batman just doesn't decipher some of them quite in time, so. Yeah. So, uh, I guess that can kind of lead us into the next big thing, which is, uh, Batman is a detective in this movie, which is awesome. And uh, we see it from his first scene with Gordon. Obviously, there is a scene in between the Riddler murder and the detection, like the detective crime scene, which is our uh, our first introduction with Batman. So I guess we can talk about that first. But I just got to get it out there that thank you, Matt Reeves, for making this a detective film. Yeah, we pretty much knew it was going to be a crime noir detective film from the beginning. From everything Reeves was saying, at least it sounded like that. And I'm glad that's what it indeed turned out to be, because it's something that really hadn't been done with Batman, surprisingly, even though that's a huge part of his character in the comics. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And uh, I guess we should just talk about the, uh, the, the monologue decision from Matt Reeves, which I think is great, because oh, after it's... we get the Riddler murder... The interior monologue. Yes. And and we go we go straight into, I guess voiceover is a, is a better word for it. But we get we get voiceover from Batman himself in in this movie, and I think it's great. I love it. Yeah, I mean the interior monologue. I know it's something fans have been begging for for years. Me included. I wanted to see it. I'm glad we finally got it, and I hope. I'm sure it's going to be a thing throughout all of Reeves' movies, which I am there for. I like Batman is pretty much narrating the story. Yeah. And and, and we also just like... get to hear what he's thinking as well. Yeah. 
No, that's really great. But the other thing I liked is they didn't rely on it throughout the whole movie. Like, it's basically book-ended by the interior monologues. We get a great one at the beginning, and then we get a great one at the end, which shows, like, the character development he went on throughout the entire film. So uh, I love that we got it, and I like that they didn't overuse it. It was still used quite a bit throughout a, throughout the film, but yeah, th- three hours they definitely didn't overuse it. Yeah, I loved it every time it came up. I was like, oh, I'm glad you finally did this. Thank you, Matt Reeves. Yeah, for sure. And uh, the other thing I want, I guess, I want to say in the uh, the first kind of Batman scene we get is I loved how they showed the criminals being afraid of the bat signal when it was up. Like before we even see Batman. It was just so great to see. I was like, everyone was nervous and checking out the shadows and stuff. I love that stuff with Batman. Yeah, everyone was looking at the shadows, freaking out. I remember, I don't know what the dude was wearing. I love the costumes in this movie. The dude that robbed the convenience store, whatever he was wearing. I was like, I love love that costume. Like, the costume design in this is amazing. Yeah, it is. So, um... The first Batman scene we get is actually the the I'm Vengeance scene from the from the first teaser. We get Batman stepping out of the shadows. There's a there's a group of thugs or gangsters, I guess, and uh, we get the we get the iconic I'm Vengeance scene from the first teaser. I wasn't sure if I was expecting it to be like the first time we see Batman in this movie, but um, thought it was great. I thought it was a great introduction. Yeah, I was wondering if... I've been wondering ever since we saw that in the trailer of the gang he's fighting, you know, they got Joker-like face paint on. I was like, is this a Joker gang? Because we weren't sure if the Joker existed or not, and who knows if he does. But we should say spoilers. If you haven't seen this, get out of here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We should definitely say, say spoilers. But, um... Yeah, so... Is it a Joker gang? I don't don't know. I feel like that's what makes the most sense. (laughs) Yeah, it it definitely could have been, because obviously we we do get some Joker teases at the end of the film, which we'll get to. We want to keep this structured. So um, I guess you want to move on to Jeffrey Wright as Jim Gordon, who pops up fairly early. Yeah, and uh, when they do go to the mayor's place where he was brutally murdered jim gordon and batman that's their first or does he go to that signal first no i think he i think i'm i'm pretty sure he's just in yeah the, yeah the crime scene okay the crime scene it's the first scene with gordon and batman i like it i, I like that this gordon i just kind of like this take being a bit more laid back it's different and i don't hate it i'm like okay this is different, but I think with this Batman, it just, just the vibe of this movie, it felt right. It was just, it was a nice blend with the rest of the movie. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, I also like, though, that um, it's very clear from the beginning that Gordon is very respected, even though he is, like, more laid back. Like, obviously, uh, a lot of the cops aren't crazy about Batman being in all the, like, crime scenes and everything like that and working with gordon but anytime they question him gordon's just like nah bro he, he's he's my homie and they're like okay all right i'm sorry 
So, uh, yeah, I think this interpretation of Gordon is really great. I think Jeffrey Wright kills it. Um, it's going to be hard to beat Gary Oldman's uh, interpretation of the character just because I think Gary Oldman's one of the greatest actors we have, and the writing for Gordon was so strong in the Dark Knight movies. But I'm really down with this with this version of Jim Gordon. Uh, I just want to talk about all the Gordon moments right now. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many moments. There are with... a lot of great moments. Oh, dude. Yes. We'll get to them if we're going to do it like this. <laughs> we, we, will, we will indeed. So, uh, yeah, it, that first crime scene uh, with the mayor, it just shows right away that Batman is a detective. We get him asking questions and even solving a little bit of a riddle right away with the uh, what does a liar do when, when he dies. I knew that and, uh, one. He lies still. I yeah. was like, yeah. Dude, I like I like so, that Batman just says it. Like, no one shows it to him. He just kind of reads it, and he's like, he lies still. And they're just like, what? He's like, the riddle. Yeah, like, <laughs> what, what do you mean? And Gordon's like, the riddle, guys. And they're <laughs> like, huh? So, yeah, I love that they showed he's a detective. He's constantly working on things. And the other meaningful thing we get in this scene is um the mayor's kid is still there and we get a uh, a pretty long glance between him and batman which is uh something that comes up again later in the film and uh i just think this is kind of a great story beat to hit on because there's no or we, we don't get the origin story again in this film we don't see the wayne murders and so that was just a really nice way to show like obviously what the murder of Batman's parents meant to him because he kind of sees himself in this kid, and it's, I think that's pretty powerful. Yeah, the kid was the one that found him dead, which is just tragic. Yeah, that's horrible, and uh, it made a lot of sense that Batman would would feel bad. Dude, for him, I uh, obviously yes, I love that in that moment. You just saw how much Batman's attitude changed. That the kid was the one yeah. that found him. Yeah. No, I agree, because he was very, like, gruff and just, like, pretty controlled with all the cops and everything, but as soon as he sees the kid and he finds out, like, his story, you can feel his entire mood just change, which, uh... Oh, uh, every moment Batman has with the kid in this movie, dude, makes me want to cry. <laughs> I know, it's so good, and, um, I guess that kind of opens up a little spot for maybe we should just talk about Robert Pattinson as Batman in general right here so that uh we can keep moving forward with the plot but um i think this is a very subdued batman performance but i love robert pattinson in this movie he's he might be my favorite batman i think he he probably is i think there's a lot of great batmans we've been very lucky but uh i just love all the little things he does to make this performance great and this character feel real i think pattinson is a great batman we we kind of knew he was gonna be like if if you knew you knew but uh what what did you think of him in the role? Yeah, I thought he was pretty great. I I feel like people's biggest problem with this movie would probably be all the stuff to do with the Wayans. I don't know if it'd necessarily be him as Bruce, but I mean the general public, I'm sure I could see them uh, not liking that it's not Playboy Bruce again because I'm sure that's just what some people associate Bruce Wayne with, but. 
I was obviously down for this emo Batman. I could relate more to this Batman than I could ever to Christian Bell Batman. I'm like, yeah, I'm not a rich playboy. I'm more of the emo, depressed kid type. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, so I, I think it's a really interesting interpretation of the character. I definitely do want to see more of the Bruce Wayne side. Um, I think that is one issue some people have with this movie is it is just a lot of Batman which I think makes sense because I think it's it's kind of made clear to us that at this point, um, all Bruce Wayne really wants to do is be in the suit and be Batman. But um, I definitely do want more Bruce Wayne in, in future installments. But I think I think everything they need to do with Bruce Wayne in this in this story they do. But uh, I can see some people's com- complaint that uh, he's just he's in the suit for a lot of it. I love that though. I, I want to see when I go to see a Batman movie. I want to see Batman. I want to see him in the suit, kicking ass, doing detective work. What he was doing in this film, I loved it. And for a three-hour movie, I don't think he was in the suit way too much. Honestly, like you saw plenty of Bruce, and you saw plenty of there. There actually weren't a ton of scenes without Batman, without Robert Pattinson in it, which is kind of surprising. Like almost every yeah. scene has at least. No, that is one thing. Like, most scenes that don't include him have the Riddler because Batman and the Riddler are not really in the same scene until later on when the Riddler gets arrested. Yeah. And uh, that's one thing Matt Reeves has constantly talked about is um, approaching this from kind of, I think he calls it like a Hitchcockian way because a lot of Alfred Hitchcock films do kind of follow that one character throughout the entire film. That, um, is that not what I, you I want think, from a Batman film, though? To follow yeah. Batman? Yeah. No, I totally agree. I think that works tremendously in this movie. And, uh, yeah, I guess following up from the uh, the crime scene with Gordon and everything, we uh, Matt, Matt Reeves went, all right, guys, I know, we, I, I know we've told you this Batman's going to be emo, but, but how emo is he actually going to be? And we get basically his entire ride home to the Batcave while something in the way by Nirvana is playing. And I just love that so much. I love that they actually incorporated the song into the movie. I just think it's cool that it's it's been with it since the first teaser dropped at DC Fandom and uh, they actually play it in the movie. Yes, that's another thing. A lot of the Bruce Wayne you see in this movie is him like immediately taking off the bat costume to tell someone on the motorcycle <laughs> and then like once he yeah once he gets an opportunity he just puts the bat suit back on so you you actually do get a lot more bruce wayne than it feels like yeah no that's that's one thing is uh there's a lot of there is a lot of bruce wayne in i guess batman missions because it's it's not always practical for him to be in the bat suit so you do get a lot of him taking the suit on and off in the same night, which I think is interesting and something that hasn't really been explored before. It feels kind of almost Spider-Man-like, I guess, in that way. And uh, I was a fan of it. Yeah, it's just, it felt different. And now that you bring up the Spider-Man comparison, I guess, kind of, but I, I don't know. I really did like it. I was like, this feels different. And after, like, the first time it just felt kind of weird. I'm like, okay, why'd he take the suit off, though? And, and then the second time, I'm like, I, I think I actually like this. And then I was just yeah. loving it all the way throughout. <laughs> yeah, so, um, obviously he get he gets back to the Batcave. 
and we continue to see that this is a detective-focused Batman because we find out he's got these contact lenses, which basically record everything he sees, and then when he gets home, he takes them out and he puts them on to, like, I don't, I don't even know what it is or how it works, but basically just, like, uploads it into a file that he can watch back on his computer. And he watches everything back, dude. This guy is dedicated. I was like, okay, Bruce. Yeah, the moment he gets back, it, well, on his way back, it cuts to the interior monologue. That's another thing. A lot of times, if it's, if he's not telling someone, if he's just going back to the Batcave or something, an interior monologue or something in the way is over it, which I thought was yeah. interesting. It's a really good way to keep your attention during like a transition like that. And yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah, he just says, I have to remember everything. And then that's where the contact lenses come in. And I was like, oh my god, he's not joking. <laughs> he just watches <laughs> yeah. everything that happened that day. Yeah, so we see him We see him going through it. And then, uh, obviously, we get, a, we get our first look at Andy Serkis as Alfred, who uh, I do think one issue with this movie is he is not in it enough. Andy Serkis. Oh, I absolutely agree. Okay. Uh, he, he's really good when he is in it. Like, I, I, he's good in every single scene, but he really only has, like, three meaningful scenes in the movie, and we don't see him at all for basically the final hour, which, I don't know. I I do think he served the story well enough when he was, when he was in it, for sure, and Andy Serkis is great, but I need more, man. Yeah, I need way more of this, Alfred. I hope we get a lot more in the next movie. Which, I, I mean, I'm assuming we will, but, yeah, I don't know. I Surely, I know I Matt Reeves loves Andy Serkis. Yeah, he does. I mean, just watch the Planet of the Apes movies. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I was just, I guess part of it is because a really interesting thing about this movie, I guess, is we're basically out with Batman on his entire night of fighting crime a lot of the times which is something we haven't really seen before. Like, those nights go on for a long time, and you feel that. Like, you feel like you're out there with Batman throughout his entire journey. It's not like you get a five-minute scene, and then it's morning at the Batcave again, which uh, is different in a lot of ways from what we've typically had. Yeah, and just back to the Andy Serkis thing real quick, maybe the reason he didn't have a ton of scenes in this is because he was, like, directing Venom, Let There Be Car- Carnage at the same time. I don't know. That's true. That's a point I didn't really think about. That's the only thing I can really think of. I know he was doing that. Yeah, so, I don't know. Maybe that is a reason for it. Um, Just give us more Andy Serkis in the next ones, man. Please. I need yeah. more. Yeah, so, um... One thing I do think is great is uh, coming up pretty shortly after this. Obviously, Bruce goes to bed, I guess we're assuming. But uh, in the morning, we see that Alfred is already working on the encryption that the Riddler has left from, from his murder. Which I just think it's so cool. And it happens multiple times in this film. I love that Alfred is also in on the detective thing. Yeah, it makes sense because of what alfred did in the military and everything and that's that's confirmed that he he has been in the military in this virgin 
Because there's, like, yeah. a line where he's, like, I served or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I, I figured. Like, Andy Circus just kind of gave off that vibe for me for this Alfred. I'm like, I feel like that Alfred's been in the military because it, it's just a really popular choice with Alfred at this point. Like, was it Michael Caine's Alfred was even in the military, right? I think so. I think I so. Know. I think so, too. I think it was only, like, <laughs> Mike, Michael... Is it? Oh, I don't want to disrespect his last name. How do you pronounce it? Is it? Is it Gal? I think it's or is Go. It Go. Oh, Michael Go. Okay, I'm sorry. Apologies. Yeah. I think he was like the only one that was that wasn't confirmed as ex-military. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So no, I uh, I do love Andy Serkis in this. I just think we we should have gotten more of him because, especially watching the trailer, I was just I was just assuming that we would get a lot more interactions between bruce and alfred which that isn't to say there isn't some that are really great because there's there's a particular hospital scene that i think is extremely powerful between those two at around the midpoint of the movie the the movie's very long i mean it's probably a little bit past the midpoint but um i love that scene again just overall statement need more andy circus definitely need more andy circus that hospital scene is very good I, I feel like we needed a bit more of this version of Alfred for it to hit as strong as he was probably wanting it to. For me, at least, I know it still hit strong for some people. Just, I mean, I know Batman and Alfred. A ton of people already know Batman and Alfred. But their relationship was pretty strained before that. So it just kind of took Alfred being blown up. <laughs> and just yeah. being like, Bruce, look. Like, I mean... Bruce, look. I... I I wish I knew who did it. You don't think a day goes by where I don't think about this? And Bruce yeah. is like, oh, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, no, but I also love in that scene how Bruce is, like, he's admitting that he, he feels real fear, especially when Alfred got blown up, like, that fear of losing someone he cares about. Oh, uh, yes, he, that's a really powerful I love that, him. I did love that line. He's like, uh... He was basically like, I felt something I hadn't in a long time. The fear of losing someone I actually care about. And I was like, oh, damn, Bruce. Thank, thank you. Yeah. But uh, I guess I guess next thing we should probably move into is uh, a little bit of the, uh, the mob or the gangster experience in this movie. Because we do get a significant amount of it, including John Turturro as... Carmine Falcone is it do they pronounce it Falcone or Falcone in this movie I don't even remember I don't remember I, th- I feel like it was Falcone I think so but uh we get him and we also get Colin Farrell as the penguin which I think we both agree is kind of the best performance in this movie Colin Farrell is incredible and it's just insane that it is Colin Farrell the makeup is unbelievable Colin Farrell, dude, every time the man is on screen, he, like, steals the show for me. I loved him in this movie. Yeah, I totally agree. He absolutely does. And I love that they, I mean, they just hammed it up, dude. They didn't really even worry about going too far. Because I think it honestly does go too far at some points with how, like, ridiculous and just total Italian mobster he is. But I absolutely (laughs) love it. Yeah, they made it make sense like, with this version of the Penguin, though. And I feel like Penguin is one of those characters you can do that with because, like, not a ton of people see Penguin. Like, people see Penguin as a threat, but not as a super, super, like, serious character. So him yeah. cracking jokes and stuff is fine. Him just 
Uh, the car chase scene. I can't wait to talk about the car chase scene. Oh, we're we're gonna talk about the car chase scene, but uh, yeah, and then kind of related to those two, we find out is Selena Kyle, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Um, I will say Michelle Pfeiffer's probably still the goat, but uh, I love Zoe Kravitz in this movie. I think she's really good. We've never had a bad live action Catwoman. <laughs> Halle Berry. <laughs> she's not really Catwoman. Come on. <laughs> yeah, she was like, um, what? What was her name for Patience Phillips <laughs> or whatever? Yeah. Like, uh, how do you even come up with that name? Talk about that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Selena Kyle is Catwoman. Let's be real. All the Selena Kyle Catwoman we've had have been fantastic. Honestly, Michelle Pfeiffer still the goat for me. Zoe Kravitz and Han Hathaway both excellent as well. Yeah. I totally agree. Uh, I think Zoe Kravitz is really good in this movie. There is one writing choice that, that does make sense and isn't like a new thing that's been done, but uh, it's not something I was too crazy about, which is uh, we later find out that Falcone is her father in this movie, which uh, has been done in the comics, and it's not, yeah, again, it's, like, it's not a new thing. It's just something I don't love. Yeah, it's relatively common, but it's it's always been something that's like, I, I, why though like i don't i don't like that i've never liked that <laughs> i feel like it's just yeah. i feel like yeah. it's something that just needs to be retconned from the comics because i'm just like why <laughs> yeah the the only thing i would say i think i said this to you is like this is a three-hour movie and there's so many characters that i i, I guess matt reeves felt like he needed a little bit more connectivity between them um just to make everything kind of flow, which I guess is fine. But again, it's just, it's, it's not a choice I'm crazy about. And it's one of the few creative choices I don't love in this movie. Cause I think Matt Reeves makes a lot of excellent choices. I completely agree with that. It's probably the, it's, it's the choice that threw me the most off. I'm like, uh, not a fan, especially since I, I pretty much yeah. I assumed that Falcone was gonna die in this movie anyway, and it's revealed like pretty late in the movie, so I was like, Oh no, why? Well, yeah. I mean it's not it's not that late in the movie, it's like midpoint, but Yeah. I mean it it is a very long movie. But uh Yeah, so the the other thing that I like is um there is a lot of the mob and gangster stuff and crime noir and uh kind of that 70s almost martin scorsese feel but what i loved is it all runs through the riddler because the reason batman and gordon get into the iceberg lounge and carmine falcone and eventually leading to to oz is because there are riddler riddles leading them in that direction they need either information about the riddler or we find out that there's a rat the riddler is targeting which leads them back to the mob so I thought that was a really smart choice to just make everything go through Edward Nashton in this movie. Yes. Uh, also, this is later on, but I didn't. Did you get a? Did you catch a good look at the two IDs when Riddler got arrested? Because I did not before the shot went away. Because they were like, uh, "Which one's you?" And he said, "I don't know." Yeah, I mean, one of them was Edward Nashton, but then there was another one that was that was a fake name, and I don't remember what it was. Ah, uh, okay. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to look out for that when I rewatch. Yeah, me too. I thought that was interesting. Um, 
but yeah, I, I don't know. I think one thing else we've said is um, I think the pacing in this movie is interesting. I think it's pretty good because it is three hours long, and I don't I don't really feel the length. But the <laughs> one thing is it it's also kind of a script that doesn't have many huge high or low points in it. Um, I don't know if other people agree with that, but that's kind of the feeling I got from it. Which I think is interesting, and I think it works for this story. Yeah, we talked about that a little. You know, I agree with that. It never, like, I, I would argue that the Batmobile, the introduction of the Batmobile, is the only time this movie really, like, ramps up. The rest of the time, it's just kind of on cruise control going, like, 50 miles per hour all the way through. Which I I do appreciate, because, like, like we mentioned earlier, it is from Batman's perspective. And you know he's he's going to be pretty worn out most of the movie. Yeah. And it is a detective story, so it's going to be slower storytelling, which I also appreciate just because it's something we haven't gotten from a Batman movie. And that is really where that's where Batman began. Detective Comics, number 27. Yeah. Detective. Yeah. So I'm just I'm again, I'm just so happy they did the detective stuff. And the other thing I liked and uh, saw the movie with my mom. She also mentioned this was how um. They kind of got away from, I feel like in the Dark Knight trilogy, especially with like the Morgan Freeman character, there's so much big machinery and stuff goes into it that can get a little bit exhausting. So I like that in this movie, Batman had everything he needed, because obviously he is a billionaire and he would have that. But it's still fairly small scale in what he uses to do the detective stuff and like his bat computer and everything. It feels, it feels very him and just kind of small scale like it's he's doing what he needs to get the job done and not much more than that which i think when paired with gordon in this movie just really works yes yes i love everything you're saying something else is did you notice the lack of gadgets he had in this movie you can tell this is early you can tell this is early early batman i love that little touch he has the grapple he uses a smoke bomb towards the end of the movie and obviously he uses he uses a flare, which is like the best scene of the film. But um he doesn't use that many gadgets. You're right. Yeah. I mean battering, grapple grapple gun, um, yeah, smoke bomb. He didn't use that many smoke bombs, which surprised me. I'm so used to Batman just dropping smoke pellets. I know, he just that's like his go to move. But uh yeah, he does use them, but definitely not as much as you could have if you wanted. I I I mean the only time I really remember it is towards the end of the movie when he's fighting the uh the riddler followers and uh he definitely uses them to create some distraction but um i just yeah i loved how early on it felt and that is that is true in the the more physical sense of um obviously like the gadgets and everything and in the emotional side of just bruce wayne's psychology like you can really tell that he still doesn't really know what he's doing he's trying to figure everything out and uh He's struggling with a lot of inner demons, which we were promised in the lead up to this, and uh, Matt Reeves had talked about it, but I think they delivered. Yeah, I agree. I also love that, I just always love little touches like this, how the chick that was running for mayor, you saw her on the uh, screens like above Gotham Square before she was actually introduced into the movie. Yeah, that was that was really cool. I like that. Just a lot of little things like that, like Matt we- Matt Reeves is just showing you what's coming, and if you're paying attention, you're gonna know 
Like, oh, I saw that earlier. There, th- there, that is. Yeah. So definitely, I think I think the other thing we should talk about, which uh, you alluded to when we were talking about the uh, the Riddler scene, is um, Batman. Batman's got some kind of creep creepy moments in this movie. Uh, specifically with Selena Kyle, he kind of just like spies on her for a solid ten minutes there. Yeah. At one point in the movie, just watches her get undressed. Put on the Catwoman yeah, like, okay, suit. Batman. As soon as she jumps out the window, he's like, "Oh, time to suit up, Batman suit on." <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. I like the the parallel to the Riddler with the uh, viewing Catwoman through the goggles. I thought that was kind of an interesting way to show how he still really is a vigilante, and the line between him and the criminals is like he's still walking that line pretty tightly. So I really like that parallel and. The other thing I like is I feel like some people are complaining that it is just, like, it's so weird that Batman would stalk Catwoman like that. But I, I think Matt Reeves knows that. Like, I feel like it's definitely intentional. Because, again, this Batman is pretty socially awkward. Like, he doesn't really seem like he knows how to deal with social interactions in this film. Which makes sense for the version of the character. Yeah, let's just, let's just talk about Batman and Catwoman right now. So, from... The moment he's spying on her in the apartment onward, eventually it leads back to the apartment. And that's where... Yeah. It's where they find out her roommate is missing, which will become a massive part of the story. It does. That is one thing I was surprised about, was how big a part of the story that became. Yeah, I was surprised, um, too. Like, I, I honestly... I don't know what I was expecting, but... I don't know. I didn't really think Pink One did anything, but apparently, yeah. Yeah, apparently he did. But uh, I think that apartment scene, just in general, is is really good Batman and Catwoman storytelling. I mean, you see how, how run down the apartment is. Obviously, uh, they're just trying to pay their rent, and Batman sees this, and uh, he obviously mentions, like, it's not safe there, but Selena's like, I can take care of myself. I think that's, like very iconic Catwoman behavior. So uh, I really like that apartment scene. It's it's one of my favorites with uh, Batman and Catwoman in the movie. Also, also, when Batman's, like, just looking down at all the cats, and it was in the yeah, trailers, but y'all knew it was coming, you got a lot of cats, and she's like, I have a thing for strays? Hey, Batman, Robin, could we yeah. get it? <laughs> could Dude, we get I, it? I feel like... I feel like we're gonna get Robin. That's I feel thing. like it too. I feel. I'd be. Uh, I think we might see Dick Grayson next movie. I think so too. I think it would be a missed opportunity if we if we didn't, especially because I don't know what it is, but this Batman just feels like the most deserving of a Robin that we've had. Like Christian Bale, his Batman. I feel like a Robin didn't really make sense. Uh, dude, dude, dude. Michael Keaton obviously was just a total loner in like every sense of being Batman, and then uh, we got him in the Schumacher movies, but it that always felt kind of weird. He was like seventeen already. I just feel like a Robin with this Batman. If they do really go for like the young thirteen-year-old, I think it would be great. Yes, yes. Since since we're on the subject of Robin, I said this about the ending to the Batman. So. We're we're assuming Joker and Riddler might that might be saved until the third movie, which makes sense because if they 
introduced Dick Grayson next movie. He could be Robin in the third movie. Batman and Robin versus Joker and Riddler. I would freaking sign up for that. Yes, please. Oh my god, that'd be so good. Dude, oh my god. Dude, just imagine like 15-year-old Robin kicking the Riddler's ass. Like, oh, I want to see it. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I do too. Uh, But yeah, I really hope we get a Robin. I just, I think something about it would work so well for this interpretation. I feel like Matt Reeves kind of knows that, so I'm crossing my fingers. I think there's a good chance we get Dick Grayson in the next movie. Oh, yes. Uh, Dude, Matt Reeves listens to the fans okay he does what he wants to but he also keeps in mind what the fans want he knew the fans wanted a detective story from the batman that's what he wanted to make that's what we got thank god yeah so uh yeah batman and catwoman i think overall their relationship in this is great i think robert pattinson and zoe kravitz have very good chemistry and uh the other thing i think we should mention is how she doesn't find out his identity in this movie, which is the first time that's happened with uh, with Batman and Catwoman on screen together. Yeah, I really like the choice. I just like, I like Batman Kim. He gets identity as close to the chest as possible. And not willingly showing anyone who he is. Like, because that's what basically happens in Batman yeah. Returns. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree, and uh, I I was a big fan of that choice, too. Uh, Obviously, I'm assuming she'll find out in in the next movie or the third movie or whatever, but at least for this first film, I think that's a super strong choice, and uh, just leaves that little air of mystique around them still. Like, I feel like if we're going to have Catwoman for multiple movies, there's got to be something like that that keeps it interesting, because at least prior to this, you know, Catwoman is only in Batman Returns, and she's only in The Dark Knight Rises, and I definitely feel like we'll be seeing Selena Kyle again in this trilogy. Well, is it going to be more than that? I don't know. Uh, at this point, just from this first movie, I hope it's more. Man, I want to see Matt Reeves take on so many different Batman villains. So many different Batman characters. And, and the, the thing I love is it seems like he's like down to take on so many. Like He's literally mentioned... Mr. Freeze, he's mentioned Court of Owls, uh, there are references to Hush in this movie, which, uh, are not so subtle, and, uh, obviously setting up that Joker's in this universe, and, uh, him being in Arkham with Riddler, I just feel like there's so much Matt Reeves wants to do. Obviously, I think someone like Professor Pig would be great in this universe, someone like Hugo Strange would really work, there's so many ways Matt Reeves can go with this, and... I'm just excited. Yes, the main moment I thought about Hush in this movie was when Rid- when Falcone dies, when Riddler kills Falcone, or Falcone, I'm just going to say it Falcone because that's how I usually say it. It, it pans up to the window, yeah. and it's like it's like the same shot, or that's a panel in Hush where like Hush is the shooting out the window or whatever. Yeah. I was like, that's, and, uh, <laughs> that's like, ripped from Batman Hush. I'm like, that's, okay, good on you. Yeah, it is. And also, also when they go through the, uh, when Riddler releases the video about the Waynes and everything, there, there are specific mentions to, to Dr. Elliot. Ah, uh, yes. Um, so, I definitely think Hush is on the table. But the other thing with Matt Reeves is not everything mentioned means we're going to get it in a sequel. I think... 
one of his goals with this is just expanding out the universe, even if he doesn't use everyone, which I like because one thing I've always loved about Batman is the idea that um, no matter who we're focusing on Batman fighting at the time, everyone is still constantly in the city of Gotham and uh, can kind of make trouble happen at any time. So I really like that even if we're not seeing all the villains or all the villains right away, like if they're saving Joker for the third film or whatever, just that we're getting them established in the universe, I think is really cool. Yes. I'm also very glad this Joker is already established because I just like Joker being one of the first Batman villains. That's not just a mobster to show up in Gotham. Like one of the same more theatrical villains. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I love Joker. I love that he's going to be already established. Um, That's another just interesting thing about this is even though this movie does feel like a great setup for our first movie with this Batman, we still have to remember he was doing Batman or some version of it for two years before we pick up this story. So there's going to be a lot they can go back to in future future films if they want to do flashbacks or tell us about battles he's already had with people um which i think is is cool because this movie works extremely well as the first in a trilogy but there's also story we didn't get to see yes and this is just kind of going back to alfred again just because i just want to keep finding excuses to go back to alfred okay but we, (laughs) we saw a lot of batman and gordon in this movie a lot of batman and selena in this movie i wonder if we will see like Batman and Alfred will be the main Batman connection next movie. I'm sure there will still be a ton of Gordon just because that's how it's going to go. Yeah, there will definitely still be a ton of Gordon. I don't I don't know if there will be much Catwoman. Like I'm assuming she'll at least be in the movie somehow, but at the end of this movie she she goes away at least for now. So Matt Reeves is the Bloodhaven mention. Give us Dick Grayson, please. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, dude, you know how how much I would love if the second movie opened with a circus? Like, I oh. would just... It's Batman Forever all over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, make but, it good. <laughs> yeah, but actually better. So, uh... Yeah. Oh man, I would love that. Just please do Robin. God. Oh uh, man, I'm gonna... I will come if they do Robin. Like, I want it. <laughs> we've waited too long okay we we have um but yeah i guess let's let's keep moving along with the story so uh i guess i guess we should wrap up what happens before we get to riddler being in full force which is we kind of get to wrap up all the selena falcone stuff um obviously Selena's extremely angry at falcone she wants to kill him kill her own father and uh, Batman has just gone on this huge Wait, yeah. soul-searching journey. What pushes that... Selina over the edge, though, is that she finds out that her Russian roommate was killed. That we yeah, kind of hinted at earlier, but we didn't actually say. It was by Falcone, I guess. Yeah. It was just in Penguin's men's car. <laughs> so I guess... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if Falcone actually so, uh... did it, but he's definitely the one that uh, he, he said it. Yeah, and uh, so I guess I guess before we get to the final 
Falcone front confrontation. We we should talk about the car chase because yes. a Batman movie is not a Batman movie without a great car chase, and uh, the one in this film is great. The Penguin and Batman. I I love their first moment together too when the Penguin's introduction, the take it easy sweetheart moment. That's his yeah. first moment on screen, and I was that's a great one. We all saw that's, we all knew it was coming. We weren't sure when, but his first line, and I was like, okay. That's <laughs> so great. Take it easy, sweetheart. Yeah, <laughs> so great. Love Colin Farrell. But, uh, yeah, the car, this car chase is... Let's just talk about the introduction of the Batmobile first. Just the way it's it starts off with a fist fight, and Batman, get, Batman gets shot. He gets shot in a vulnerable position, goes down, and then when... A... Yeah, he gets kind of <laughs> shit on, and everyone's yeah. scared. Gordon's scared, Selena's scared, Selena's there. And then Penguin walks um, over again to, like, I guess finish him, and he's gone, and he's like, oh, no. <laughs> and it just and turns to this darkest corner. Yes, you turn to this darker, yeah. co- darkest corner, and the, just the lights come on, you hear the rev, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I want to see it. And it revs a few more times, just the anticipation you have for that Batmobile to take off, dude. It's so great, and it's so hype, and, uh... The way this chase is directed, too, is really, really cool. Because we get a lot of shots of both Penguin and Batman inside their car, which uh, I really like. And I've always been kind of a sucker for those types of shots in films where we see, like, the drivers of cars inside their vehicle. And so to do it in a Batman movie and make it work so well, I think is great. But the car chase is epic. This Batmobile, I kind of love it, dude. It it kind of looked amazing in this scene. Oh, I, I loved it too. Like, I know we were talking about what if it gets destroyed and there's a new one, but during this chase scene, I was like, every time it looked like it could get destroyed, I'm like, please no, please no, please, please don't get destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> I want to yeah. see more of this uh, car. I feel like, yeah, I feel like uh, one thing people could say is a little unrealistic is how well the uh, everything lined up for him to jump over the big fire explosion but dude that's that that's, is so cool yeah it was cool who cares that's always a thing in action movies come on yeah like it it looks cool i love i love colin farrell's like let's go i got him like i got you and uh, <laughs> i got him. you i got you looks back he's, like... <laughs> he's so excited and then we see the batmobile leap over everything with the fire behind it he comes up he sends Penguin absolutely flying. Uh, I feel like that probably would have killed him, but you know what? It's, it's whatever. Yeah, it's the, the car only flipped like seven times. It's all good. <laughs> Dude, just. I, I think it the... would have been fine until they cut to the shot where Batman pulls over and you see the Penguin's car just go flying and flipping like six times. I was like, yo. Dude, the... might have overdone it a little, a little bit much there, Bruce. But um, God, the shot where he gets out and he's walking towards Penguin with the fire behind him, so so great. I I love that shot, and I love how he just he just kneels down to look at the Penguin. Yeah, it's a great shot, and also, just the score during the scene is amazing. Like the score just goes so well with it, especially during the ramp up part when he jumps the ramp and penguin's like i got you i got you how it's kind of quieter before you see him and then you see him 
And it cuts back to Penguin's rearview glass, and then it cuts back, and the score just ramps up again. Yeah. Batmobile hits the ground. I'm like, oh. I love how big Penguin's eyes get in that moment, too, when he sees the Batmobile come up. He's like, no. Yeah, he's like, there is no fucking way this guy just did this. Yeah, I love... Like... <laughs> I love all of Penguin's yeah. uh, monologues he has during this car chase scene, because when it cuts to him, he's just saying something like, this guy's crazy. <laughs> And then yeah. uh, the I got you, I got you part, obviously. Yeah, I loved how I loved how it looked like Penguin was like truly enjoying this like life threatening car chase with Batman. Like he was Dude, so I like how it. he started getting stuck in traffic too, because I'm like, Thank you, Matt Reeves. <laughs> this would happen in the middle of a freaking yeah, city. Them, them both having to maneuver through the traffic, dude. It was great. <sighs> I don't know how Penguin's uh, pushing, like, semis and stuff out of the way with his car, but okay. Yeah, I don't I don't really know. But, um, that's another thing just in general about Matt Reeves is, um, above how, like, obviously the Nolan trilogy was super realistic and everything, but this, this one almost, like, takes it a step further in some ways while still being able to embrace the comic book side of things, which I don't know how, how he did it. Like, one example of that is... Uh, like, Batman still wearing his black eye makeup whenever he takes off his mask. I think that's such a cool detail, because obviously that would happen. Like, he's gonna wear eye makeup, and it's gonna stay on his face. Like, that's something we've never seen before. Um, like, there's even, there's even shots in the Michael Keaton movies where you can see he has black makeup around his eyes, but then they remove it when he's gonna have to take off his mask. <laughs> they're like, well, it would look weird, but no, this this one just goes with it. That's just a small detail I love that Matt Reeves keeps in there. And there's multiple things like that, like you said about the traffic and everything. I just I just love it. Look, to be fair, Robert Pattinson pulls off the eye the emo eye makeup better than Michael Keaton. <laughs> That's true. That is that is very true. Robert Pattinson just just the look just works on him. I don't I don't know what it is. I think it. But, um, I think it's the hair. Something about his hair just makes that work. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. Uh, cause I don't know his his and his hair is so messy too. <laughs> no, I love work. it. That also just works for him because every time you see Robert Pattinson, his hair is just kind of messy. Like even in interviews. Um, yeah, the only time it's not messy in this movie is like the funeral scene. Yeah, the funeral scene, which we didn't even talk about, but I love we'll, that. We'll scene. get to it when we discuss Riddler. We'll we'll talk about it when we talk about Riddler, which we're we're basically yeah, done yeah. talking about Penguin. So, um, because Penguin yeah, doesn't really do much after great. this car chase. He's there when Falcone dies. Well, he he does he does he does kind of kind of school Batman and Gordon on some. Spanish oh yes, because they do He's interrogate like, That's him. The worst yes. I've ever heard. That was a great scene. He's like, it's. What what were they saying it was? It was like El Lara, and he's like, it's La Rava, or whatever. It's like, you don't know L from La? Yeah, come on, come on. Brush up on your Spanish, boys. But uh, Batman's probably yeah, like, <laughs> Batman was probably so irritated in that moment. He's like, how did I not know that? I know. Dude, that's that's even one of the things that I, we just got to get to Riddler. But um, anyways, finishing that up. Penguin does kind of go away for the rest of the movie. We see him at the end, which is great, because obviously he's going to be in the future films, and he is getting a series. We don't know if that's going to be a prequel or after 
through this bro if, if it's more of colin farrell's penguin i'm watching i'm i'm all on board for colin farrell's penguin me too a hundred percent but uh yeah then we move into falcone and wrapping up his story uh obviously bruce just kind of his soul searching journey involving falcone and the murder of his parents um i really like the wayne stuff in this i guess we could touch on that a little bit with uh falcone he kind of gets involved and especially alfred i like that they talked about martha having like mental health issues in this film i think that's something that hasn't really been explored and it was a great reason for why thomas wayne would be so on edge or push things too far which uh, bruce gets really upset about because the stigma around mental health is so bad and i could see why especially for a billionaire's family if, if anything like that would come out especially 20 years ago still it'd be it'd be pretty horrible so i thought that made a lot of sense yeah her going in and out of hospitals was an interesting decision but i appreciated that because it's just something people go through people have mental issues and i mean bruce has mental issues he might need he probably needs some help <laughs> but his help is being batman so he's yeah. coping in the only way he knows how i guess yeah so uh obviously that that kind of culminates with the uh with the alfred scene in the hospital after after alfred's been blown up by the riddler we're gonna get to the riddler it's coming because the riddler drives this whole movie even though we don't even really see him for much of the first half at all but selena bruce and falcone all come to an end at the iceberg lounge they uh they get falcone for uh murdering selena's roommate and uh they bring him out it's a it's a big moment it's an it's an emotional moment because i feel like having gordon bring him out uh like showing that the whole police force wasn't corrupt i really like that scene like that was pretty powerful yeah but falcone's then, uh, like the boy and the boys and blues are on my payroll or the boys and blues work for me and then, then he walks out and he's like oh <laughs> gordon's like yeah. i guess they don't all work for you yeah that was so great but then uh riddler riddler has other plans than falcone going to jail because he uh he shoots him from the window kills falcone and that sends us into an all-out spiral for the rest of the movie riddler gets arrested we get the scene from the uh the the trailer the main trailer at the beginning and from from here on out for the next for the next 30 minutes or so it's just paul dano having an absolute blast yeah also like when he killed falcone uh it cut to batman and he looked over and saw the light and he like it cut to like a slight moment of the interior monologue and it's like bring the rat into the light <laughs> yeah and then was, that was really good. then he goes and chases riddler down he's not there then they get a report that someone saw a man run into the cafe which we all knew this was riddler's plan was to get arrested yeah and i love just that moment of batman walking up to the window while the cops are putting the handcuffs on him and riddler just smiling <laughs> yeah because i feel like i feel like riddler riddler needed that to happen because i feel like he wasn't truly sure if if getting arrested was the right plan but then once he sees batman he just knows and he's just he's just so happy because this riddler is so sadistic i mean we see it from the beginning he's he's sending a car with with a man with a with a bomb around his neck into a funeral which uh that funeral scene is great 
Yes, they uh, kind of, they kind of just touch on this Riddler's like origin and his backstory, but I feel like they just touch on yeah. it because they probably can't really show everything that happened to him as a kid without this being R-rated. <laughs> yeah, the funeral scene is is great as kind of our first more public like viewing of the Riddler. Um, one thing I want to say is Robert Pattinson has maybe his best like some of his best acting in the movie in that funeral scene especially with the kid, the mayor's kid pops up again. Uh, I just love all those moments when he's just looking at that kid and he, you can just tell he feels, he feels so bad because he sees himself in that kid and he like, he's aware of how much pain he's been through and how, how broken he is. And I feel like he, he just, he wants more than anything for that kid to not have to go through everything he went through. Uh, yes. I, I like the little moment that, penguin and bruce wayne had here too before the reception actually oh, yeah. started yeah i like that a lot and the moment with falcone with the uh selena kyle fake out that actually got me dude i like i don't i guess i should have expected it to happen but i legitimately thought it was zoe kravitz and so when they oh. both turn around and it's not her i was like oh yeah no i didn't think it was but, her uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, know, I know, yeah, it, I know. It showed the like hill earlier, and then it, that she had the same hills. I was like, nah. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh. Anyways, Riddler, Riddler sends in his uh. Who is it? Is it the DA that he? Yeah. Bombs. Okay, so it is the DA. Um. Sends him in with with a with a bomb around his neck, and we uh, should mention he's we already get. killed the commissioner at this point. He has, yeah. So this is the third potential victim of this movie. And um, it's where we get to see Batman go in and have his first real interaction with the Riddler over over FaceTime. And Riddler's, like, live-streaming it on Instagram, which I think is hilarious. That, that is one thing I kind of like is how the Riddler used a little bit of a, an online approach to gain, like, some followers. We'll, we'll touch on that more as we get towards the end of the movie I mean, but, um, it makes sense for a movie at this time <laughs> it it totally does and um i just love this scene where batman is helping helping the da like get away with his life by by solving riddler's riddles because riddler does a whole thing like you gotta solve three riddles in two minutes and i'll let you go but then we see just really how corrupt the gotham system is because he would rather die than than say who the rat is, um, which just shows how deeply rooted in corruption Gotham is, which is a big part of this movie, uh, which which I love. I mean, they really show how how deep Falcone has his roots into this city, and that even goes back to the Waynes once again, which serves as like a big struggling point for for Batman. Is like I feel like there's moments in this movie where he has to come to terms with like is he part of that like white corruption in the city as well and uh that's a take we haven't really seen before so i love that i think matt reeves just looked for every every possible moment to do something different that hadn't been done before which i love but uh riddler's great and uh that that scene where he just he, he ends up blowing him up and killing him it's it's great and that's not the end of the murders either. Like, there's there's still more to come. Oh, yes. This entire scene is good. And surprisingly, I didn't really expect the uh, 
the justice riddle to be in the scene, but it was. It was part of this scene. Yeah, me neither. I thought I th- I thought it would be at the end. But um honestly none of none of how the end worked out is what I was expecting, but me I still either. love like what they did with the third act. Riddler got arrested way later than I expected him to. But like he's actually arrested. Me too, and he stays in jail. Yeah. <laughs> I I kind of appreciated it though. I was like, okay. Because even when yeah, Riddler's think... in jail, like his plan is still going through. It's still about him. Yeah. Yeah. The so Riddler's plan, I mean, it's just it's great because it rolls throughout the entire movie. Um and I feel like every time you get distracted from the Riddler a little bit because of all the other stuff happening in this three-hour movie, there's something that pulls you back and and brings you back to remembering that there's this sadistic serial killer leaving riddles on the loose. And yes. uh, I just loved it. What about the scene before the funeral scene that we hadn't talked about yet, the nightclub scene with uh, Selena and the DA? Because this is right. This is just oh, before yeah. the DA gets uh, kidnapped by the Riddler. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's definitely interesting. It's really unsettling. Oh um, yes, it is. Like, uh, most like, like half the DA DA's office was at that table. She says. Yeah. Which is also showing you how corrupt Gotham really is. Yeah, and I mean they're all they're all drunk men, and Selena is obviously. Zoe Kravitz is, is fucking hot. Like, let's, yeah, she is. Let's be honest. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It it's a good scene. I like I liked how uh, she and Batman were kind of working together in that way, and then uh, I liked how eventually it became too overwhelming for her. And Bruce was like, "Selena, what are you doing?" And she's like, "I can't do it, man." And she takes the contact lenses out. Yeah, just. It's because Falcone walked in, right? Yeah, and that just completely overwhelmed her, which uh, obviously we find out why later. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I like and that. And then the, then the DA, when she's trying to leave and get a taxi, the DA, like, comes out and tries to get her to get a ride. Yeah. And just think, if she had, so, uh, the Riddler or Catwoman would have met <laughs> before. Well, they actually never met yeah. in this movie. That's true. That is, yeah, I didn't think about that. That's interesting, huh? That's a good point to make. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like Riddler, but, uh, Riddler Batman didn't meet any any of the other villains. Like I Riddler didn't even talk to Gordon. Yeah. He only spoke to Batman. Yeah. So, uh, I I think I think we should get to it. I think we should get to the interrogation scene. Um, okay. Riddler do do we want to touch on how Bruce Wayne was the next target first? Oh, yeah, we can touch on that. Okay, because that's how Alfred gets blown up in the first place, or ends up in the hospital. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't know. What is, is your interpretation of it? Like, did Riddler know Bruce Wayne was Batman at that point, or? I thought it was just, just the whole the... sins of the father thing, because he yeah, knew about Thomas. I... Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. But, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, it was kind of a... That is the one scene where I think is just kind of directed, like, sort of weirdly, because obviously, like, Bruce is, like, he's trying to get back to Alfred, and then... Dude, this, you know what this reminded me of? Like, you know what this scene reminded what? me of? It reminded me of Batman Beyond Return of the Joker when Terry is on the his 
bat cycle calling bruce and bruce isn't picking up because joker had broken into the bat cave oh yeah that's yeah. exactly what this reminded me of i'm like i'm getting batman beyond return of the joker kills <laughs> yeah no but um definitely big vibes of that because bruce is trying to get back to to alfred and uh he he can't get anyone to pick up at the house and then he finds out that he's already too late and uh the explosion already happened, so, um, yeah, it, it was interesting, um, it gave us the hospital scene, so I'm, I'm thankful for it, for that, I know, yeah, I, was, I know I, you're not I, as huge on that scene as I am, but I, I fucking love that scene, dude. Yeah, I just didn't see that coming, which is another thing that just makes me think, it was Andy Serkis directing Venom, or whatever else Andy Serkis may have been doing, does it just interfere with the scheduling of this movie so that's why alfred had to be kind of sidelined yeah i don't know there there has to be some reason for it because matt reeves loves andy circus and alfred can be such a huge part of of bruce wayne so i definitely feel like scheduling conflicts played into it in some way i feel like it has to be that and the reason that andy circus is still alfred is because matt reeves is thinking long term he knows Andy Serkis is an amazing actor. He's close to Andy Serkis, so it that 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 would make sense to me. Yeah. So um, yeah, Riddler does that, and then he uh he kind of leads into all the stuff about the Wayne murders and who did it and everything like that. So everything just builds to this interrogation scene, which um, it's very different than the famous Dark Knight interrogation scene. I think they're both absolutely excellent but uh yeah i'm just i'm ready to talk about it because oh I yes love, i love the interrogation scene so much it's very different because this is kind of like riddler this is like a riddler bruce wayne interrogation scene almost yeah because like... <laughs> obviously R riddler knows which is revealed to us very very early on and batman's like oh my god i mean batman kind of already had ideas that riddler had figured out who he was before this um, and then when Riddler says it, he's, he's pretty taken aback. He's like checking the cameras and everything to make sure they're not like recording sound. Um, I, yeah, I just love that. And then I also love just how much Riddler is toying with Batman in this scene. It is, that aspect is kind of similar to, uh, to Heath Ledger's Joker in the Dark Knight interrogation scene, but I loved how he's like, he, he mentions the, the last part of his plan, and Batman's like, what do you mean? And he's like, y you mean you didn't figure that, you didn't figure it all out? I laid it all out there for you. Oh, you're really not as smart as I thought you were. I love all of that. Yes, because we'll get to it after we talk about this scene, all the, all the things that went into Batman kind of figuring some of Riddler's plan out, but obviously not all of it. But yeah, this scene yeah. is definitely different from The Dark Knight. I I do love how many times Riddler just says Bruce Wayne. Like, he's just rubbing it in that he figured it all out. It's like, Bruce he... Wayne? Is Bruce Wayne yeah. really an orphan? You don't know what an orphan is. Yeah, dude, he was... that. Those are bars, bro. When he, was, when he went on that whole spiel, I was, like, so into it. And I was like, Riddler's kind of right, man. Like, when he's when he's all, like... Ah, uh, when when the Waynes were murdered, everyone cried for this billionaire orphan who got to be sad from his multi-million dollar mansion, whereas 
like the real orphans were 32 a room with a bunch of with rats infested and a baby died every winter because it was too cold that's just all great and Aldano is amazing in this scene he this is his moment and he completely owns it oh he's so great the what have you done batman has to say it more than once because he's like in he's just like what have you done <laughs> he's like fucking tell yeah. me tell and me he just what... gets more angry every time because the riddler <laughs> the riddler never answers him he just keeps going on and on and batman's just so pissed i love it so great and then the <laughs> and oh then then riddler tells like the final riddle which is a uh, the what's what's blue what is it what's black, what's black and blue, blue? And dead all yes over. what's what's black and blue and dead all over you if if you think you can stop what's coming i was like oh paul dano you're yeah. so good he is so good and the other thing i love is how but i mean like riddler tries to control the situation so hard that by the end once he realizes like batman doesn't really care about him at all he gets so upset he's like no this is not how i wanted this to go and batman's like can you just tell me what you're planning to do and he's just like he's so pissed that like <laughs> batman doesn't love him or whatever he's he's so mad i love it he's like i did i did all this for you and batman's just like i know and batman's Bat just calling him sick and a psychopath yeah. and he's like you uh, you helped me you brought him into the light and he's like i didn't do any of this for you you're you're sick you're a psychopath yeah and he's just like ah no bruce <laughs> dude it's, his it's breakdown so great. is so great. great and that's what you expect from the riddler too is like he like when stuff doesn't go his way he is he does go that way he just freaks out <laughs> Yeah, especially because he's not a physical force, so he needs to feel like he's in control mentally. And so when, obviously, it goes bad, he yeah, he's going to do that, which I think is perfect Riddler. I think Matt Reeves did such a great job of injecting so much comic-accurate Riddler into what is still a very different take. Like the, the Zodiac Killer-inspired John Doe from, from David Fincher's Seven. Very Jigsaw-like. Yeah, definitely Jigsaw Inspirations. This is a Saw movie. One of the many Saw movies in the Saw movie franchise that is uh, <laughs> rapidly expanding as we do more research. There are so but, many. Um, there are so many. But uh, yeah, Riddler's just great, and this interrogation scene is great. Paul Dano, he's, he's so good for, for the amount of time he actually got with his face to, to act. Because it's not much. I mean, Paul Dano's actual face is probably in five minutes, seven minutes of this movie total. And he makes it all worth it. So, shout out, Paul Dano. I love you. Can't wait to see you again. Yeah, he, he is on screen for more than that, though. He's just wearing the, the mask. I don't even know if I should call it a Riddler mask yeah. or not. <laughs> see, yeah, it's not... That's another reason, like, Riddler's definitely getting a new suit next time because, like, his followers were wearing the same stuff as him. The Riddler isn't going to have the same stuff his followers were wearing. Come on. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I guess that's the next place we should go is, uh, Batman goes back to the apartment Riddler was doing everything from because uh, he missed something. And he ends up tearing up the carpet 
And that's when he discovers the Riddler's final plan, which is still going to be carried out from in Arkham Asylum. Like, he's in Arkham Asylum. He gets to watch it go off. I, I love when the bombs are going off, and you cut back to him in his cell, and he's, like, mouthing, boom, as the explosions go off. It's so great. Yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't see this coming, honestly. Even though you you did see the flood in the trailers, I never knew it was a flood. So when the vans go off and the city begun, begins flooding, I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's so genius. I also love how they did the followers thing because they mentioned that he only had like 500, which keeps it realistic. Yeah, it was but 509. It I love that. I love yeah. that. I was like, thank God it's not something ridiculous. Yeah, but the other thing is it makes so much sense that, like, those followers would be so radically dedicated because of the type of figure Riddler is. And so I just thought everything about it made sense and worked. Um, would I would I have preferred, like, an actual final confrontation between Batman and Riddler out of Arkham Asylum? Maybe, but I also don't think we need that with Riddler and the type of character he is. I feel yes. like what we got was perfectly fine. We surprisingly didn't get a scene of Robert Pattinson beating the shit out of Paul Dano. I know, like, Paul Dano, this is what you do. <laughs> he was like, listen, Matt, listen, I know everyone's going to expect it, but I I'm so tired of getting this shit kicked out of me, dude. Can we, can, can we work something out here? Because... Robert Pattinson's been working out for the role. I don't, I don't, I don't want to deal with that. Like Reed, please look. I've I've taken enough beatings. It's like okay, <laughs> look, dude. I'm for the first, I'll Daniel save Daniel I'll Lewis. save a beating for the next movie you're in. And he's like, okay, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I guess I'll accept that. But uh, where you get yeah, your ass no, kicked I... by a fifteen year old? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, if Robin actually does that, oh my god, I'm gonna be so, so happy. I think it would make the most sense. Like, I, I could see Robin just kicking the Riddler's ass. I don't know why I could see him kicking the Riddler's ass easier than I could see him kicking the Joker's ass. I could see him kicking the Joker's ass, too. Yeah. I just think Joker's more, I mean, like... Especially... Joker's just more insane, so... <laughs> he is. But especially because, like, I mean, technically, if you go just by the actor's size, this Joker is gonna be, like four inches shorter than the Riddler, which is kind of funny. No. Paul Dano's like, I mean, not, I, I don't know. How tall is Barry Keegan? I think he's, I have no he's idea. like five, seven. He's not, he's not the tallest guy, but, um, anyways, Riddler's final plan. He floods the city and Batman has to make a last ditch effort to, to really just do anything. I mean, he feels so overwhelmed at that point, which I think is great. And then for him to keep on fighting, to uh, we we get the the fight scene from, is that the end of the Bat and the Cat trailer where we see the the fight scene with him and the the Riddler goons and like him in the smoke and everything? I think it is. I think that's where we saw that for the first time. I think so. But uh, that fight scene was so great. I didn't realize they were fighting on top of like they're fighting animalistic. <laughs> They're fighting on top of like the signage of Gotham Square. I'm like, I did not know this was just on, like, like small platforms. Yeah. No, me neither. And uh, I don't know. I liked it. I liked how 
Dude, like, almost animalistic Batman feels in this fight scene, especially when he has to uh, inject himself with, I guess, just like, I don't know, what would it be? I'm trying to think of the word. What's the adrenaline? I'm pretty sure that's dude, what that, he did. <laughs> that moment was terrifying, dude. I didn't know if Batman was going to kill that dude or not. Because he was going I know, me off. I didn't... Yeah. And was it um, was it Gordon a, a, that stopped everyone him? Everyone was scared. Selena was like, "What the what the fuck?" Gordon was like, "What the fuck?" Like, chill out. It was Gordon that stopped him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love that. I love that it was Gordon. Me too. I I love that. But yeah, I think that whole scene is great. And then once Batman kind of calms down, he realizes what he has to do. He he jumps out onto like this hanging electrical cord or something. And then he uses his his uh, logo, his symbol, to to cut it down. And then he he drops into the the flooding city to to go save the civilians. Which the flare scene is one of my favorite all time Batman scenes. I just I love it so much. I love the the imagery. I love the score in that scene by Michael Giacchino. Um, and I just love Batman being portrayed as a like genuine symbol of hope with him reaching out to the kids who are like scared and kind of hanging on the wreckage and everything it's such a great scene yeah i love what it's symbolizing like the moment that flare lights up on batman is the hero of gotham now like people when he first went up to the wreckage to get the civilians out people were kind of hesitant they were like i don't know <laughs> we we've been kind of scared of this guy and then yeah. the little girl like reaches her hand out and he just pulls her out and then everyone just does it and they're eventually yeah, all following all, him. I'm like, go with him. oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, as Batman leads him to safety, it's so great. But once I, I want to talk about real quick. I want to talk about the scene where he's fighting the Riddler followers again. Just how he's like, okay. just how he's throwing them off the platform, pretty much because they they already are hooked up to like the bungee cords yeah, or the ropes or yeah, whatever i love that, I love that. Them hang <laughs> the platform it's great there are so many moments in this that kind of reminded me of the arkham games like the only other batman movie that has done that is bvs and i like that because i think the combat in the arkham games is freaking cool and it feels very batman like especially like that it's just reminding me of like batman and a predator type scenario especially with all the smoke because he's just, like, yeah. jumping up and under the platforms, coming back up and, like, <laughs> tossing these dudes <laughs> down, sweeping their legs, punching them. I'm like, bro, Batman is everywhere, <laughs> and these dudes are just yeah. flying off. <laughs> but, yeah, something yeah, in the it, way... It was so great, and then, uh, obviously, he still had to be saved by Selina Kyle, which was a really cool moment, and uh, then Selina gets attacked. I mean, they, they really make it feel like there's just all these all these Riddler followers or they they gave him a run for their money because i mean there were quite a few of them there were and uh god that that adrenaline like injection i i do keep kind of going back to that because i'm like oh my god it it, when he just is wailing on that guy it's so brutal i was like batman stop you you gotta stop dude don't don't do it yeah also also gordon pulled him off that that dude he was welling on at the end his mask comes off wasn't that the dude from the it was the funeral scene right that uh bruce wayne kind of goes up to you yeah 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 i thought that was interesting because he didn't even know who bruce wayne was did he He was like who are you no he did he didn't Yeah. yeah i just like that little callback 
So, uh, yeah, I love that scene. It's a perfect lead-in to the flare scene, which is truly excellent. And then to kind of wrap things up, we get we get our, our, our second, like, I guess, main interior monologue from Batman. There's the one at the beginning, and then there's the one at the end. Those are, like, the two where he's actually writing in his journal, whereas the other stuff is kind of, like, just his thoughts. Um, I love this ending monologue so much. I love when he's talking about, like, you know, I've learned that, that vengeance doesn't help anyone, and it doesn't, it doesn't change the past for me or for anyone else. And I've learned that I need to make a difference in a different way. And I am doing that in the city as he's like carrying kids and stuff like to, to um, like evacuation carts and stuff. So great. I loved it. Yeah. And then it just kind of cuts to like what Wednesday it's Wednesday now and the city's still flooded. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I love that. And I hope, I hope the sequel picks up, not too far after this because i do kind of want to see more with batman helping the city when it's flooded and maybe doing no man's land stuff like that i think that would be really cool kill a croc (laughs) dude (laughs) it'd be be the perfect moment for him to come out bro (laughs) it is like the city's literally flooded oh my god that's genius legit um... just just do killer croc (laughs) Yeah, so I love I love this sincere monologue that we end on. It's just how different it is from from the one at the start of the movie, and the fact that something in the way is playing over both of them. Uh, I think is just really cool, and I love I love how Batman's kind of portrayed as a little bit of like a firefighter, and uh, getting getting the the child or the woman onto the the cart to be helicoptered away. I just think that's great. And, uh, this was, I don't know, this was the first time I've really seen Batman in live action displayed as, as a true symbol of hope to the city. Like, Christian Bale and Ben Affleck were definitely heroes, but I don't think they ever really had moments, like, reaching out to, to the girl in the wreckage to help her, and then, like, Batman carrying kids to safety in the sunlight and everything as the city's flooded. It just just meant a lot to me because I feel like we haven't seen Batman in that light in live action before. I mean, he was definitely depicted as a hero in The Dark Knight, but yeah, not not necessarily on this level. I don't guess. Especially not definitely not saving this many people at once. Well, other than like The Dark Knight Rises, but there he was supposed to sacrifice himself, but that didn't happen. Yeah, no, he totally a hero in the dark knight trilogies but just the use of like symbolism and really just showing him as like like that hopeful figure i think is kind of unique from what we've seen before and yeah i just i just really love it i think it's a great way to end but it's not the true ending because we still get we still get a there's about 10 more minutes left in this movie after that which does include the joker scene which um some people aren't crazy about. I I've seen a lot of people not liking that they included the Joker in this movie. Shocker. I'm down for it. <laughs> I I think we both agree on that. Like, you I knew know. I was. You know I'm down for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean Joker's just he's just great, and uh, no matter like when they use him or how they use him, like I just love 
bet jokers in this world and uh that that he's already been established he's in arkham he's talking to the riddler i think it's great when when you get the laugh i don't know some people see it as corny i think i think that's an iconic moment i loved it oh i loved it it's what riddler's like who are you (laughs) and he's like riddle me this the less you have the more valuable they are and riddler's like a friend and then Joker just bust out laughing. And yeah. Riddler laughs with them. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> oh no, yeah, Riddler. Gotham, Gotham's in trouble when these two get out together. <laughs> but um Yeah. I, I think this ending did such a good job of concluding this story while setting up the future. Cause even like in the interior monologue, Batman's talking about how like there's gonna be a vacuum of 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 power struggle and we see penguin we see colin farrell kind of watching the sunrise on a new day where falcone is now dead and he's definitely gonna have an opportunity to rise to even more power oh yes i Um, feel like that could be what the show is gonna be about yeah i agree i think i think it sets up the show really well i i wouldn't want a prequel to be honest like i wouldn't either also i I I don't do it but i how long has Penguin been established in this universe, though? Like, how well would a prequel really work? Yeah, I don't know. I I think I think you could do it because, like, Batman was already aware of him, but he was still very much seen as like a henchman to Falcone, basically. Yeah. In this movie, at least at least at the beginning. So. So I, I definitely think, think it's going to is... be about. Yeah. Definitely early yeah, Penguin. Yeah, it'll be about Penguin right power, but um. Yeah, we get the we get the Joker and Riddler scene, and then we get um, a final interaction from Batman and Catwoman, which I love. Catwoman's trying to get him to to come away with her because she she needs to get out of the city, which I think makes sense for her and her character, considering her roommate was killed and everything like that, and she was already planning on leaving. And yeah. then uh, she's trying so hard to get Batman to come with her. And then she just sees the bat symbol in the sky, and she yes. understands. He looks and up. I love that. Just how the bat signal comes, he looks up, and she just kind of looks at him. She's like, yeah. <laughs> I get it. And uh, we end with them. I mean, they, they ride together for a little ways until they have to go their separate ways. Uh, Selina turns off and wants to go out of the city, and Bruce turns back to head back to the Batcave. And... Uh, that's how the movie ends, and I think it's a great ending. I don't think it's anything as memorable as uh, as Batman Begins or The Dark Knight or even like Batman Returns, I think, has a really great ending as well. But uh, I think it really works, especially because this is the first film in this trilogy, and it just shows how Batman's kind of learned so much and grown a lot in this movie, and he's still going to have to keep fighting and, like, continuing to improve himself as batman because he's still not figured everything out at this point i mean he's still barely two years in because this whole movie takes place over the course of like one week i think i think the first journal at the beginning is on halloween and the second one is november 6th if i remember it correctly so um it'll be interesting but yeah what do you think of like the actual final ending with catwoman bruce yeah, I enjoyed it enough. I like the Bloodhaven mention, and I like the understanding that Catwoman has that <laughs> there isn't that deep of a wedge divided, dividing them. So, 
when she does come back, they'll they'll be allies again, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I think Catwoman just works yeah. better as an antihero <laughs> at this point. Like, <laughs> she she's just been yeah, that way for so long. Yeah. So uh yeah, that Batman. Um, I do I do want to talk uh, about I, I love this Batman movie. and Gordon yeah. a bit more. Just I do want to talk oh, about the yeah. gun line real quick. Uh, Batman just reaches and is like, no guns, and Gordon's like, yeah, dude, that's your thing. Or, yeah, that's your thing, man. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I just, I love every moment with Gordon and Batman in this. I love this where Gordon knows Batman has to get out of the police station after he was Oh, yes, up. yes. I love that moment. trying to figure out how to do it. He's like, hey, this is what you're going to do. You're going to punch me in the face. And then you're going to run down down that room, out the door, and go up to the roof. And Batman's like, okay. And then they talk talk for a little bit, and then they actually execute that. And then there's a later scene where Gordon's like, you could have pulled the punch at least. And Batman's like, I did. I did. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> that scene that's is great. So, that's so great. I also I love, love that. that when he goes to the rooftop, rooftop and like brings out the glider to jump off the building the landing yeah, the wingsuit yes he glides and he does not stick his landing he like has to go under a railroad and he like hits the top bar of that and just completely whiffs i'm like thank yeah, you thank you for showing batman fucking up that is so like that shit would happen especially for early year batman yeah and the other thing i loved even before he jumps is how they show like how nervous he is to do that like he doesn't just immediately jump off once he gets it out. He like he waits until the last possible moment because he's got to kind of collect himself. He's like, "Am I really about to do this shit? Am I about to jump off a building in Gotham and wingsuit through the city?" I love that. Yeah, I really appreciate that too. You you get a lot of tiny moments like that where you can just kind of see what Batman is thinking without him saying anything. Yeah, and I think that I think that's the true beauty of this Robert Pattinson performance is how he's able to let us let us into things like that. Um, there's no crazy moments where like like obviously Christian Bale always had the the playboy thing as Bruce Wayne, where that allowed for some really funny moments and just some really eccentric acting. And Robert Pattinson doesn't really have anything like that. There's no scene where he like breaks down into tears. But what he was able to do with like letting us know who Batman is without without talking with with using his face and body movements and stuff like that I think I think it's a really strong performance and I I just loved it I loved everything they did with with Batman in this I completely agree I don't think they did any character wrong I just my biggest complaint with the movie is I wanted more Alfred and I don't like Selina being Falcone's daughter, every other decision, everything yeah. else the movie did, I I enjoyed thoroughly. Yeah, I I agree with that thing. We definitely needed more Alfred. I'm sure there's reasons for it, and um, I can't really be mad with the Selena Falcone thing. It's just it's just not. Yeah, no, I'm not something I necessarily cared about. Um, the other thing I saw I saw I was watching Chris Stuckman's review. Who I love Chris Stuckman, by the way. But uh, one thing he talked about was I love how Batman has to get into the Iceberg Lounge three different times in this movie, and he does it three different ways. Oh, yes, I wanted to mention like, that, because there is a time he goes as Batman, and then, like, it's the exact same shot, but it's as Bruce. 
Yeah, and he's like, as Batman, he's like, do you know who I am? And they're like, oh my god, it's Batman. And he has to beat everyone up to get in there. <laughs> and the second time, he goes in as Bruce, and they're like, oh my god, you're Bruce Wayne. And they just let him in. And then the third time, he's like, dude, fuck this shit. I'm just sneaking in. And he just he just sneaks behind them and gets in. I loved it. Yes, yes. Speaking of when he goes as Batman and beats the shit out of them, the one dude he beats up that works uh, with the GCPD that they're interrogating before Catwoman goes off to kill Falcone. Yeah, we, we never. Yeah, we never talked about him. What was his name again? That, his name's Kenzie. Kenzie. Okay. Yeah, we never talked about Kenzie, but yeah. Um, uh, just Selena I mean, ruthlessly just pushing him off the building. <laughs> to, I know, to... and Batman has to, like, grapple his foot, basically, to to save him. Um, yeah, I like that. It, he was just a good vehicle to show kind of the corruption in Gotham and to uh, push Selena's anger through. Um, I think he served his role really well. The other thing we didn't talk about is the 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 uh don't throw your life away oh yeah don't worry honey i got nine of them such a great line it is such a great line um and especially because i wasn't expecting her to say it when when gordon was also there like i was expecting that to be like a personal moment yeah me too her and batman yeah and i love in that moment too uh (laughs) she that uh batman's going to the bat signal and he meets up with gordon outside of the building (laughs) <laughs> and he's like wait you didn't light it like, and gordon's like i uh... thought you lit it <laughs> and it was selena yeah no i i love that moment a lot dude i just i love that bat signal like i don't just the location and how it's like just up on a on a terrace and everything oh i they, love that like, too they can, every time they, they can cut to that rooftop there, like whenever I know, I kind of felt yeah. like I was there. Like, every time they cut to that rooftop, I just felt like I was chilling on the rooftop with them. I'm like, I'm ch- I'm vibing right now. Yeah. I Just in general, I love I love Jeffrey Wright's Gordon and, and Pattinson's Batman. Like, I loved how there's never a moment in this movie where either of them, like, don't trust each other. It's clear from the beginning that, like, they trust each other and they're homies, and that, like, never wavers. Like... Yeah, and I love Even when I, Batman is I love, completely ripping on the Riddler guy. Gordon pulls him off, and then they're they're still cool. Yeah, I love the little moments you get where Batman's like, "What? Do you not trust me?" And Gordon's like, "Do you trust me? I, it's been two years, and I don't even know who you are, man." Yeah, <laughs> it's like Gordon. I like that moment as well. But it also like you do get the sense that they're kind of like each of them is like the only one. The other like. Truly trust to help and do good with with the city. Yes, which I agree. Which is just so great. I mean, that's that's what Batman and Gordon should be, dude. I think we'll see more of that with Alfred next movie, since like all the all the him being mad about the stuff with his parents being over since you know the hospital scene kind of. Yeah, and also just that. in general, I feel like I feel like Bruce kind of went on went on a journey where he like he's gonna start being like more appreciative of alfred because we see early on in the movie he's like he's not very appreciative of him which it does make sense for where that batman's at and just how much pain he's dealing with but i'm definitely i'm definitely happy they worked through things and bruce had that that powerful line about like really caring about alfred and being scared of losing him um 
I think that's a big moment. So I definitely think we're going to get more, just in general, Bruce and Alfred in the in the next movie. Yeah, definitely. So do you do you just want to wrap this up with uh, some final thoughts and letter grades, I guess? Oh, uh, yeah. Since this uh, we, is the first single film we're reviewing. It is, it is. Um, yeah, I loved almost everything about the Batman. I loved the style. I loved all the technical elements. I thought it was brilliantly directed, brilliantly scored, and uh, cinematography is great. I think everybody in this movie is great performance-wise. Like, I, I don't think the writing for some of the Selena or Falcone stuff is that impressive, but I still think John Turturro was good, and I think Zoe Kravitz was amazing. And uh, a lot of these iterations of the character are either already or will probably end up being my favorite iterations of them. Um, obviously, with Catwoman, it's going to be hard, but I could see Jeffrey Wright's Gordon taking over Gary Oldman's Gordon as I get more with him, because I, I just really like the vibe they went with. I, I don't know what that is, but Riddler was fantastic. Thank you, Matt Reeves, for giving us Riddler. Paul Dano, I love you. Thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it may be a little bit long, um, I don't have a big issue with it, and I didn't really feel it, but I do hope every Matt Reeves movie isn't three hours long, because I feel like this was just kind of the huge introduction to the world, and um, it did a lot, which is great, and uh, yeah, I just, I love the movie so much, and the theater experience was amazing. Is it my favorite Batman movie? I, I still think The Dark Knight is better. I know you still prefer Batman Begins. Um, we can rank I think them it's in a, a minute. Yeah, okay. But no, I think it's a pretty perfect Batman movie. I, I give it an A+. Plus. Thank, thank you so much, Matt Reeves. Yeah, I love this movie. Like, like I mentioned, there was only really two problems I had with it, and one of those was probably just scheduling issues like we've discussed with Alfred, and the other is a thing relevant to the comics. It's just a character choice I've never been a fan of, so... That doesn't detract from my enjoyment of the movie at all. Uh, I love how detective-heavy it is. I love all the characters, like you said. The Batman-Gordon relationship is pretty on point. I like how laid-back Jeffrey Wright as Gordon is. It's really something different with the character that still works, and it fits the vibe that this movie just exudes. Yeah. Uh, Riddler is great. Probably one of my favorite villain performances in a Batman movie. Uh, I've really enjoyed Catwoman. Colin Farrell may have stole the movie. Yeah, Colin he, Farrell he is great. Did. Colin Farrell he is amazing. <laughs> I I am yeah. excited for that show. Is is Jeffrey Wright going to be in the GCPD show? He is, isn't he? I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah, oh, but yes. uh, he probably won't be in it like a ton. I think is what they said. But Dang. he's going to be a presence in it for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm I'm interested in that. I'm way I'm more hyped for the Penguin show. The Batman-Catwoman <laughs> dynamic I enjoyed. I am going to give this an A-plus as well. Yeah. I really do love it. Yeah, I absolutely love it. The other thing, I mean, I kind of mentioned, but not in my overall thing, is I just think it's impressive how different this movie feels. Like, it's our, like, 10th live-action Batman movie? 11th? I don't I don't know. I can't really count. But uh, I guess uh, it would be the 10th, 10th or 9th? 10th. Yeah, 10th. Okay. But uh, Matt Reeves just found every opportunity to make this its own distinctive thing, which I really appreciate. So while you can't absolutely compare it to all the other Batman movies, 
I think it stands on its own in a really big way. And as I was watching it, I never felt like I had to go back to the Keaton movies or the or the Bale movies. Like it just stands on its own in in a very impressive way. That's fun to watch. I agree. So, do you want to just end this off by ranking all the Batman movies real quick? Uh, I mean, yeah, we can. I think a lot of our ranking is <laughs> pretty similar. Probably. I don't know what what is your what is your ranking? I don't I don't have like a letterbox list. So. <laughs> Dang, you can call yourself a Batman fan? Come on, Evers. Get get your stuff together. I, know. <laughs> I will. My number ten is Batman Forever. Not very good. Uh, I, honestly, Jim Carrey is. Jim Carrey is just Jim Carrey in this movie. I refuse to admit that the Riddler is in this. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones somehow gives a worse performance than Jim Carrey. He's just trying to be <laughs> Jack Nicholson's Joker, but it's terrible. Val Kilmer, I, he's my least favorite Batman, but I don't hate him. I think he was at least trying a little in this movie. Chris O'Donnell as Robin will never be a good decision. Nicole Kidman is alright. Batman and Robin at number 9, Arnold Schwarzenegger gives us unlimited ice puns, makes for fun drinking games, Uma Thurman knew the movie she was in, uh, Chris O'Donnell still never a good choice. Uh, no offense to Chris O'Donnell, he just, he just shouldn't have been Robin. Yeah. Uh, George like, Clooney is an... So, he's so good in School Ties, dude. Like, watch that movie yeah. if you want to watch a good Chris O'Donnell movie. George Clooney is, uh, he's, he's alright as Bruce Wayne, I don't even mind him as bruce most of the time uh batman that's a different story and we don't even have to talk about batgirl i don't understand why they made her alfred's niece i really don't but yeah that uh, batgirl is just bad go watch clueless just just watch seriously though and bane (laughs) bane was not in that movie moving on number eight i have batman v superman dawn of justice oh yeah i forget this is a movie yeah it's uh Look, the warehouse scene, the Martha rescue, is freaking awesome. It, it's maybe my favorite Batman fight scene in a movie. The Batman v Superman fight itself is pretty decent. I do love Ben Affleck's performance. Batman absolute, absolutely carries this movie for me. I'm not the biggest fan of yeah. what they do with Superman in this movie. Like, I, I, I don't love it. I, I, I'm not either, and it's a shame because... I actually love Man of Steel. Like, I think Man of Steel is pretty fucking good for the most part. So, I agree. I definitely prefer Man of Steel to BVS. Uh, Gal Gadot's yeah. Wonder Woman's fine, but just staying on the subject of Batman. Uh, Batman yeah. himself is good. Uh, if it weren't for all the Superman stuff, if it weren't for all the Lex Luthor stuff, I really am not a fan of Lex Luthor. Their yeah. version of Lex. No, this, I, this, it would this be, would be my number eight too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of BVS. And my number seven is Batman 66, you know, just the good old Adam West campiness, shark repellent, great riddles. This was the best Riddler before 2022, live action at least. Yeah. Well, big screen live action, because I really do like Gotham's Riddler. <laughs> Gotham's Riddler is great, yeah. I I need to rewatch Batman 66, but I just kind of love it for what it is, honestly. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I love it for what it is. It's obviously aged over the years batman has changed drastically as a character so that's why i i can't really put it any higher because i i love quite a bit about these next six at six i have the dark knight rises it's yeah i i don't know i might put it at seven below 66 honestly but i still like dark knight rises a lot i'd probably have it at number six as well yeah i mean tom hardy as bane really good performance right the voices mean the hell out of but i 
it never <laughs> bothered me. I think it's a very distinct voice. <laughs> I love the Gotham Stadium moment. I just love Bane in that moment. How he's like the kid singing the national anthem. He's like such a lovely, lovely voice, and then he just proceeds to blow up the stadium. <laughs> yeah. We don't get a ton of Batman in this movie. This is basically uh, Bruce Wayne in a pit. The movie because I got my back broke by Bane. This is broke back Batman. You did. Yep. Uh, number five and Hathaway's good. We already kind of talked about that. Five is speaking of Catwoman, the better Catwoman. Batman Returns. I love Danny DeVito as the Penguin. I love Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. Michelle Pfeiffer is my second favorite Batman villain performance still. Danny DeVito is great as Penguin. I think he's only behind Colin Farrell for now because Colin Farrell was just great. Uh, Michael Keaton is yeah. still my favorite Batman. I love Michael Keaton. I just love the aesthetic of Batman Returns, the atmosphere. Also, Max Shrek is basically the villain of that movie. Christopher Walken is great. All the stuff with him and Selena is great. Uh, he dies brutally when <laughs> Selena freaking kisses him with an electric wire. <laughs> Then the phenomenal ending, teasing yeah. a Catwoman solo movie that we sadly never got. Batman 1989 at number four. Love this movie. Jack Nicholson as the Joker. Still a phenomenal performance. Still top tier Batman villain performances. Yeah, I need to I need to give this a rewatch so bad. But I, I do, do too. I do absolutely love it. I really need to rewatch it too. Nicholson is so good. A lot of fun moments. A lot of charisma. This is kind of this is probably the closest Batman we got to what we got in the Batman beforehand, but they they are definitely completely different Batman. I do love the little touches in Batman eighty nine you get of like Bruce training overseas in Japan and stuff though. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, the Joker introduction scene iconic. When the freaking end, uh, first of all, the Prince soundtrack, the museum scene with Party Man, that's a great moment. Uh, you you weigh a little more than 108. Shout out, shout out, Prince. Rest, rest in peace. Has the best Batmobile. Yeah. Didn't even mention that about it Batman does. Returns. Those two movies have the best Batmobile. They do. And yep. Joker shoots down the Batplane with a giant gun he pulls out of his pants. Come on. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's so Tim Burton. I love it. So Joker. I love it. The Batman is my number three, and this is where we start disagreeing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just, yeah. Batman Begins, you just love more than me. And, I mean, I get that. I think Batman Begins is great. But at least going off just my first viewing theater experience of the Batman, I just was more engaged and just kind of loved it more. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. They're both great. Every every Everything in, like, the top five of Batman is just awesome. Oh, absolutely. And I think The Dark Knight Rises is pretty damn good. Batman 66, too. Like, I think there's only... BVS isn't yeah. even that bad. We only have two bad... and I, I don't even know. I can have fun watching Batman and Robin sometimes. So there's only one Batman movie to me that's, like, truly, like, hard to watch. <laughs> Batman and yeah, Robin can be hard to watch. It just depends on my mood. But anyway, yeah. We, we, we covered the Batman plenty. I have a review of it, so my number two is Batman Begins, which is your number two, the Batman, or we just flip flopped? Yeah, I have the Batman in number two and Begins at three. Okay, I just love Batman Begins. I I think before the Batman, this was the most Batman Batman movie we had. 
Uh, this one, Batman Begins, focuses more on Bruce Wayne than the Batman does, I feel, just a little bit. Because, I mean, the first half is all just Bruce Wayne. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. It's the origin. I think it is the best superhero origin we've gotten, which I have to respect. Because The Batman is mm -hmm. just different. It's a different breed because it wasn't an origin, but it is the start of something new, which is interesting. Yeah. But Molasses is still probably the best score in a Batman movie for me. The Batman 89 theme is my favorite Batman theme, but Molasses just gets me amped up. The ending to this movie is perfection. I, I just, every time I watch the ending to this movie, it puts me in a good mood. I never said thank you, Batman slowly turns around. You'll never have to. And similar to the Batman, it sets up the Joker, so. It does. And speaking of the Joker, number one, the Dark Knight, yep. Uh, sorry, but it's just, it's just true. I hate, <laughs> hate to be predictable. Yeah. But the Dark Knight is just too good. Ledger's performance elevates it just to, like, perfection, basically. There's nothing I would change about this movie. There's not a decision this movie makes that really, like, irks me. Even him killing Harvey, because it literally sets up the whole movie. The Joker won, which, it kind of looked like the Riddler yeah. was going to win in this one, but then he didn't. Like it, I kind of felt like that's where this the Batman was going. Yeah, but uh, no, I I was thinking about that too. But then, uh, I just think it was important to show that Batman kind of resisted and used to like his hope and justice to to fight back. And uh, it it also doesn't feel like the Riddler truly lost though, because um he still flooded the whole city and he's gonna be back. At least that's what I'm assuming. And he's yeah. made a friend in the Joker. So it's a very interesting <laughs> sort of ending between the two of them. I agree. But the Dark Knight, so many great moments. Some men just yeah, want to watch still, the world burn. Literally just catches a one. literally just catches a fat stack of Benjamins on fire. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> That's how you know he's a madman. I'm an agent of yeah. chaos. Hit me. Wanna know how I got these scars. So many phenomenal lines. No, I think what it comes down to is the Dark Knight, like the script is just still the best script for a Batman movie ever written. It's basically perfect. Uh, Nolan's a genius director, and uh, I love the Batman so, so much, but uh, I still think The Dark Knight is the best there's ever been. I think something, I think The Dark Knight, Batman Begins, and The Batman all do this one thing extremely well, and that is tie in every major character they have to the main story in some way that makes sense. And it all flows well. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, there are no filler characters in those movies. There's, there's really not, which is very impressive considering they are all pretty long. I mean, Batman Begins is the shortest at about 2 hours 20 minutes. And then uh, Dark Knight's over 2 and a half hours. And then the Batman is just under 3 hours. So, yeah, but yeah. most Batman movies are good. Uh, we are <laughs> blessed as Batman fans. <laughs> we we really are um yeah that's it for uh for the batman episode i'm so excited to see it again uh, i don't know if I, i'll probably see it again in theaters but it does come out on hbo max in april so yeah and what 40 43 days now at time of recording yeah i can't wait to so, wait um, to rewatch it i'm gonna try to see it again in theaters i don't know if i'll make it but hopefully i do because i do think this movie deserves another big screen watch. Yeah. Thank you, Matt Reeves. That's, that's all I got to say. Um, Absolutely. 
I'm excited to see what comes next. Me as well. The Batman did live up to expectations, which was going to be a hard feat because we were very excited for it. So couldn't really have been happier with the movie, even though I think there's definitely elements of the Nolan films and even the Burton films that are still more tailored towards me and that I like better in some ways. But there are Batman el- was everything I wanted. There are the just movie. elements of everything in this movie. It's not there's elements of so many different versions of Batman, definitely elements from the Nolan films, some from the Burton films, some from the Arkham games, from the comics, just everywhere. Inspiration from yeah. Seven, the Seven Parallels are kind of ridiculous at times. Like <laughs> they are, yeah. But hey, if you're if you're gonna like parallel another movie, Seven is a good movie to do, and I I like this more than Seven because it has Batman and it's not just Seven. Don't don't take it that way. There's just a lot of parallels. <laughs> yeah, I agree uh the batman <laughs> the batman like, like we got to end this off before we just keep yeah. rambling about how good it is and how much we love it but uh go see it go see it in theaters now yes and until next time yep signing off here at giggly gorilla studios in the trees of san francisco well oh wait we're in gotham this week my bad yeah we are in gotham trees of gotham city <laughs>